From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hey, y'all, it's Elizabeth. I'm so glad you're here with us today. On this episode, we're joined by a very precious friend of mine, Jeanette Clark. Hi, Jeanette. Hello, Elizabeth. It's so good to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So um, I want to go ahead and read y'all a brief bio so you can get to know Jeanette better before we begin the discussion. So born to a military family, Jeanette Clark lived most of her life in the Washington, D.C. area. She received her master's in theology from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for studies on marriage and family in 1997. And that same year moved to Denver, Colorado, which she actually considers her hometown, where she was hired by the brand new Archbishop Chaput. She directed the Office of Christian Initiation for the Archdiocese for four years, giving frequent talks and retreats to the community. Jeanette married Jason Clark in 2001 at a little mountain church in Evergreen, Colorado, where their family adventure began. And in June, they'll celebrate 19 years as husband and wife. They have five children, ages eight to 17, four of whom are boys, and they currently live in rural Southern Pennsylvania, surrounded by Amish neighbors, where Jason works as the executive director of the Theology of the Body Institute. She is delving deeper and deeper into what it means to be a human being, a woman who's encountered Christ and what that means on every level of existence. So deep ponderings at the kitchen sink. So, oh, yay. Yeah, I Indeed. <laughs> I am so glad to have you with us and to get to share our treasured friendship um, with the community of listeners. You are such a gift in my life, and I'm just so excited to get to share some of our um, fun conversations that we have in our ponderings together with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, me too, Elizabeth. It'll be great. Yeah. Awesome. So before we really get started with the episode, listeners, I want to remind you, she does live in rural Southern Pennsylvania. So if the connection is a little spotty on her end, if the audio is a little off, please just give us grace. And we're entrusting this to Maximilian Colby, who is never afraid of technology like I kind of am. Um, and so, uh, but just <laughs> keep listening. We're going to do everything we can to have a good connection. So all right, Jeanette. So guys, one of the things I want to do with this podcast is highlight some virtues that really come in handy in marriage, uh, because I want to give you guys guidance on how to begin forming those virtues in yourself right now. So that is a great use of time when you're discerning marriage is the knowing what virtues you need when you're married. Um, obviously you need all virtues, but some more than others, and then using your time now, now. to form yourself in them. So, uh, we're going to discuss humility today. Um, which someone trustworthy, I actually can't remember who said it, uh, but someone once said humility is the foundation of all the virtues. Do you know who said that Jeanette? I don't. Am I making I it up? Is it pride is the foundation of all? Sin? You know, there, there is a little bit of, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of like, it's, it's kind of like you need faith, first of all, like that's the first thing that you need. And humility comes from faith, but it is mm -hmm. a fundamental virtue and requirement to, to live the Christian life for sure. Sweet. Sweet. So, well, she never say it herself, guys, because, you know, highlighting your own humility is like the opposite of humility. Um, Jeanette embodies an exquisite example of humility that 
I sometimes get a rare and treasured glimpse into because she has her master's in theology, which of course could get her a job on the front lines of all Catholic ministry, but she has chosen instead to tuck herself in the cloister of her homeschooling family life and to utilize the knowledge that she acquired from her time of study to form herself into a good Christian and a good wife and a good mom um, and to help her children become saints, right? So this beautiful subordination of her gifts to the will of God is just one example of her humility and why, if anyone can be an expert on humility, I feel like it's Jeanette Clark. So are you good to start our discussion, Jeanette? Well, uh, yeah, I'm definitely willing to start. I don't know that I would agree with everything you just said, but <laughs> I, I am very happy to be a mama to my five kiddos and my um, oh, wonderful husband. It's a, it's a gift and um, it's, a, it's a rich and difficult life at times, but mm. emphasis on the rich. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So will you start out this discussion for us by giving us a brief definition of the virtue of humility? Can you define it for us? Yes. I mean, I was thinking about this, of course, in preparing for the podcast. And really, I, I want to give my definition of humility. So there are so many theological definitions out there. I can't remember them. I don't know who said what, even when I write them down and study them um, after about 10 minutes. So really, <laughs> what does it mean when I, when I think about what humility is? And um, really, it's openness. It's just openness. Uh, because you can have humility in front of anything. It doesn't even have to be a person. You can have humility in front of the beauty of um, a sunset or the mystery of a mountain or, mm. or whatever. But to have that openness to um, the dignity of the thing, but most especially the person in front of you. And it's so closely linked to love. Um, and really, when I think of it, if I were to put it, in an actual definition, it would be humility is love in action. It's, mm. it's openness in action. Oh, I love that. Openness in action, love in action. So with that definition in mind, what are some of the main ways that this virtue helps a person live married life well? <laughs> oh, so, so many um, ways. You know, my background is in the theology of the body at the John Paul II Institute. So one of the really um, key things that you study is, is basically what happened in the fall that, you know, broke love, that, that turned it into something that is so um, pervasive today. And that's that grasping, that grasping that happened, that Eve um, grabbed that apple. One thing I want to say that a lot of people don't know is um, when God told Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, he told Adam. Eve was not even born. Mm. She had not been created yet. Oh, yeah. So really, when, when this sin of Eve happened, it was a sin of both of them. And I, I like to stress that because sometimes even when we're discussing humility, it seems like, well, that's something that the woman should have. And like the man is the leader. <laughs> and I kind of want to point the light that this is, this is a virtue to which we are all called. Um, and so that sin, that original sin was not Eve. It was Adam and Eve. Um, um, but that grasping is the opposite of humility and that humility that openness that love and action has to be 
the four things, free, total, faithful, and fruitful. That's mm. that TOB language um, that we, if you've studied it, you know it. Free, total, faithful, fruitful. So in marriage, that's what you're going for. You want a relationship that's free, that's total, that's faithful, that's fruitful in all the ways that it can be. Um, so I think in marriage, the, the most important thing that humility does is it concretizes or concretizes life. You know, it takes it from this abstract theology that maybe some of your listeners, I know I had about marriage, you know, that it, we're going to love each other, lay down our lives for each other, um, cling to the cross, uh, submit ourselves to each other um, out of reverence for Christ and his church, his bride, the church. Uh, and that's beautiful. That is, that's what we're doing. But it takes it from the abstract to the particular. And oh, if you can't that. get from the abstract to the particular, you're not living a Christian life. You're living an intellectual life. And you might be thinking about very beautiful and right things, mm. but it's not particular enough. And humility, that love in action, is taking it to the child in front of you, uh, your husband who's having a bad day, um, uh, the dishes. I swear, I wish I could take a picture. I have five children. You'd think I'd have 55 children with how many cups, <laughs> with how many cups my kids can go through. So, but there's an act of humility that I stand mm -hmm. before this sink of cups yet again. And I could go on about it because it doesn't mean that I don't call them over to do it. It doesn't mean that I take all the work onto myself and become kind of this sacrificial lamb. Sometimes it does, um, but it's not a blanket statement. So I don't want humility to be seen as, um, you know, you'll take anything no matter what. That's not what it means. I love that. Can we spend a little bit of time diving into how you know when humility needs to manifest itself in like just doing all the dishes, you know, like just sucking it up and doing them. And when humility manifests in calling, you know, like Christopher, I need you to come over here and wash this cup, please. Like wh how, yeah. when does it manifest like that? Yeah, well, this is about having a relationship with the Lord. There's, there is no right way. There, there's no, um, list that I can make for anyone. Like in these situations, this is what you do. You, you are as a Christian person, um, seeking a life of relationship with the Lord and unity with him so that your days don't really progress without you checking in with him on a regular basis. And he's mm. not going to leave you without guidance. Uh, if so, I'm not kidding. There are times when I'm looking at the sink of, of whatever cups and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do here, Lord? And, and I, I will I hear him it. sometimes. I really, now, you know, he doesn't speak audibly to, him, to me, of course, not, not there yet. Um, <laughs> and I just think, yeah, it's time. It's, I, you know, I've, I've, it's time. So I call him in and they do it. Um, and other times I think, you know what? He's tired. I remember he had a difficult conversation this morning with his brother or whatever. And um, I'm going to just do it as a gift and uh, out of service for him. But then in the future, I don't come back and sort of bang 
it over his head. You know, I did that for you. <laughs> yep. You owe me. You're welcome. That, that's not the free totally <laughs> yeah. fruitful. Right. Okay. I might say it as a joke. That actually might happen. But um, not, not, but not to in the, like, humiliate yeah, him in, in, in a yes, wrong way. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that yeah. we've just spoken about, you know, so free total, faithful, fruitful. I mean, th that's the language of marriage, but, you know, it really applies in the sexual relationship also, like that's the gift of self. So like, we're talking about something that's so, um, humility is required in like the most intimate parts of marriage, but humility is also required in the most mundane parts of marriage, like washing dishes. Absolutely. So I think it's Absolutely. fascinating that this virtue encompasses all of the degrees of married life. I shouldn't be surprised. You know, no. it's a big it deal, but still, it does kind of surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it encompasses everything and the more i think about it that um nuptial openness to which we commit our lives when we get married to another person that nuptial openness it actually saturates every moment of the day certainly the sexual mm. act for sure for sure but it's it's actually every moment um because it's not just a moment that kind of i am spouse of the other there's no moment when i'm not spouse of the other i'm not no, I'm never not Jason's wife. Mm. And in, in a much deeper way, because marriage does end at death, um, I'm married to the Lord. We all are as baptized Christians. We have a living, fruitful, consecrated life with, with God. Like the Trinity is, as Christopher West said, after our hearts, he wants to marry us. He wants mm. to marry us. So every, every moment of the day is, will I give my fiat? Will I give my yes to this? And it's, it's another part of responding to that nuptial invitation that God is always offering us. I love it. So it, it kind of sounds like, you know, just like it's a foundation of all virtues, according to, to me, I guess, my interpretation, um, it yeah. sounds like it may also be the most important virtue in discerning marriage if you're going to be using it, you know, from everything from, you know, from the most mundane to the most sacred in your married yeah. life. Would you agree with that? Okay, for me, I can only speak for me. Um, <laughs> and then when I, I think about what I will say to my five children, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's the most important thing because humility is, I think the thing that is being uh, ripped apart right now in the world today, if you can see where Satan is most active, it's in the part of humility. Um, in Sorry, there was, the a, there was a manifest humility. Most of all, did we skip a beat? We skipped a beat when you said Satan. <laughs> Yeah. Can you repeat happens, that? Happens all the time. Yeah. Hey, Michael, pray for but, us. You know, please. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me again if that happens. But, but Satan is after humility because it is Mary's preeminent virtue. Mm. She is the utterly open one. And uh, my husband reminded me to turn my phone on silent and I didn't do it. <laughs> so it's now on silent. Um, yeah, so his attack on Mary, uh, because of her openness, 
is his attack on humility, which we see across the world. And, um, and gosh, guys, when you're discerning a spouse, like seriously stop for a moment, does like really listen to me. Does this man or this woman uh, have the virtues I need to be a good husband and a good, or a good wife, a good spouse? And I'm going to read you this list of, from um, the scriptures. It's just laid out right there. Love is patient. Hmm. You know this, guys. But like, love is patient, kind, not jealous, not boastful, not arrogant or rude, does not insist on his or her own way, is not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in right bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And only if you have a heart of humility can you really discern that. Mm. Makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. You know, when I, that is such a, I hate to say it, but like an uh, a often quoted you know, part of scripture that I think sometimes I'm tempted to hear it and shut down. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know that one first Corinthians 13, blah, blah, which is a yeah. horrible approach to scripture. Right. But I, you know, reading it really does lay out a roadmap for discerning marriage. So Jeanette, would you read it one more time for us, please? Yeah. And seriously, if you, if in your ears, I will, if you are discerning marriage with a particular person, ask this question with his or her name in front of it. Mm he patient? Is he kind? Is he jealous? That's supposed to be, we want him to not be jealous. Wait, we want I'm him saying. to not be jealous. Is he, jealous? <laughs> is he boastful? Is he arrogant and rude? Does he insist on his own way? Is he irritable or resentful? Does he rejoice in some way when somebody gets, you know, something bad happens to him? Does he rejoice when um, when something good happens to a friend, does he bear things well? Does he believe things? Does he hope well? Does he endure? Mm. Because I know a lot of young people out there, they've almost had an education in how to do the opposite of each one of these things. Ooh. It's almost as if young adults today, and I'm not, it doesn't just remain there. It goes to, from childhood to a to old age. I've seen 80-year-olds who are the opposite of what love is in Corinthians 13. Um, it doesn't matter the age so much. But if this, is, if this is a struggle for your spouse or for you, doesn't mean you're done in. doesn't mean it's over. It means it's a process. And in humility, you engage that process. Do you have a, a potential spouse who's willing to go through the process of getting to the other side, to becoming patient, kind, all of those that we just listed. Mm. Oh, this is gold, Jeanette. This is so helpful. I love that litmus mm. test. And I also think, as you're saying, and I'm thinking, you know, of my own marriage and like, what a good examination of conscience that would be at the end of the night. Yeah. Was I patient oh, yeah. today? Was I, was I irritable today? Mm. Right now, guys, I don't know when you're listening to this, but we're still on lockdown from Corona. <laughs> I'm irritable more than I would like to admit with my husband and my toddler. Like this, you know, it it is so, as I'm, you know, sitting here listening four years in a marriage, it is such a 
it's still so relevant. So I love that, Jeanette, like using this as a discernment, really litmus test. And this touches on something that, you know, you and I have spoken about just in our, in our own fruitful conversations elsewhere, but um, nowhere in that list does it say Christian, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people think that the most important thing when you're discerning a spouse is a Christian. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's a very valuable thing. And and very, you know, ideally we, that's something that would really help you get to heaven is joining yourself with another Christian. But it sounds like, you know, at least as important as Christianity is an authentic, you know, uh, heart of humility, which is something you've said to me from you. Uh, but I love for you to elaborate yeah. on that just a little bit. Like when people are making their like lists or whatever, of what they're looking for, you know, cause you know, this is a good test for if you're dating to go through that, that list of things, but for people who are listening, who are, who are looking for someone to date, right. Who are single still, um, talk about, you know, where humility should fall on their list of things to look for. Yeah. Again, this is my own, like <laughs> musings sure. Sure, of sure. my, of my decades, um, but you know marriage is the primordial sacrament which means it existed before the sacraments you know so can you elaborate on that for us or anyone who doesn't yeah, know what that means i i will um before christ came there was marriage there wasn't mm. baptism there wasn't confirmation there wasn't mm. there wasn't the anointing waters. so but there was marriage mm. it's the primordial sacrament it's the sacrament from which all of the other sacraments flow to one degree or another um so, yeah, mm. you can look at what a good marriage is without it being a Christian marriage. Of course, if you want a sacramental marriage, you both have to be baptized. And uh, that's super important. But my two, my two, like, no matter what, guys, to my four boys and to my one daughter, please marry a spouse who is, has a heart of humility and is willing to see a good counselor. Those two, those two. We got that. You're yep. going to be, you've got the tools to get through this. And at, speaking as a therapist, the number one most important quality in a client is humility because <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere. I've had people sit across from me who are coming because they're, you know, wanting to save their marriage. And it's this posture of like, I'm doing it because I need to be able to say I did everything I could. But if you're not actually in it, like if you don't have the humility to say, like, help us you're not really going to counseling, right? right? Like you need, you're you're just trying to be able to check a box, but like humility is what's necessary as a client. So basically two, two humilities, be humble and then be humble applied as a client. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, because the church, not just the church society in general has so much divorce. Mm, and so much divorce, of, but the church um, does too. And I think that's something people don't think about is like, I'm Catholic. So I'm immune to divorce because we don't believe it exists. Uh, right. But, but no, 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 no. you could yeah, still, the, you're not um, immune. The levels are pretty parallel, mm. you know, for, for Christians getting divorced and the secular world getting divorced. And it's because Christians getting married are secular. They don't know their faith yet. Well, they don't know the difference that Christ makes. So why does the church hand out annulments? Some say left and right. It's because left and right, people don't know what they're saying yes to. They certainly Mm. don't know they're saying yes to a free, total, faithful, fruitful, lifetime love. They don't know that. Mm. Oh, so good. This discussion is so great. Oh, so if someone wanted to dive deeper into understanding humility 
or how humility applies in marriage, what do you suggest they do? Uh, well, I have some, some ideas. I mean, a number one, just exercise the humility of being open to prayer, like prayer mm. to, to ask for it. It's a gift that the father wants to give you. He probably already has. I mean, the fact that you're even listening to this podcast shows a movement of the Holy Spirit that you want what God has to offer. Humility is part of it. So pray for it, ask for it, ask for the disposition to receive it. And uh, it will happen. It is a process. You will be more humble in 30 years than you are now. Mm. Uh, God will make that happen in your heart if you stay open to it. Mm. He, can, he can miraculously do it in five minutes. Sure. And I think that that's kind of a struggle that I personally have because I want it to happen in five minutes and not 30 years. Right. But, um, and without the suffering that 30 yeah. years of yeah. school entails. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. it hasn't worked that way for me. I've had to go to 30 years. <laughs> um, I would also suggest consecrating yourself to Jesus through Mary. Mm. Um, you know, that's a, a big way to do it. Um, and if you Google that, there's a, a, several methods that you can do that. Yep, I'll put a couple of them in the show notes too, if that's something. Okay, great. Sometimes though, we get weighed down with even the thought of doing that. Um, Lord, so guys, just, just offer yourself to Jesus through Mary. It means that as Jesus came to us through Mary and still does come through us through Mary, we go to him through Mary. So place yourself in that movement. Another thing is just to seek Mary's heart. Read about her. Ask mm -hmm. her to be part of your life. Mary, what would you do right now with the sink full of cups? She probably wouldn't throw it across the room. Probably you know, not. <laughs> enter into the mystery with Mary's heart. Mm -hmm. um, also, I would, of course, along, along with all of this, get to Eucharist and confession. Certainly Eucharist every, every Sunday. If you can go once more, great. Maybe since you're single, you can go every day. I don't know. Uh, it's not possible in my life right now. And confession and all those examinations of conscience that you do and maybe um, thinking about the love is patient, kind, not jealous, that list on 1 Corinthians 13. Um, where you fall, confess it and start mm -hmm. over. And also to just be of service. Keep eyes cast outward. Inwards. Okay, too. You have to be self-examining in order to have a humble heart about yourself. But look for ways to be of service to others and humbly serve without seeking recognition, without um, saying, hey, I did this. Uh, that's not a blanket statement, by the way. I'm not saying don't ever say, hey, I did this, because sometimes it's important. Um, well, sometimes that's authentic humility, right? Is recognizing. Exactly. It's, like, it's like Therese. It's like she, she knew for sure she wasn't a daisy in that garden. Like she knew she was a rose. Right. Well, I, I, maybe she whatever. didn't know she was a rose. I can't I remember. I'm not even sure went. she wanted, I'm not even sure she wanted to be a rose. She just yeah. wanted to be like somewhere, somewhere in, in the garden. In the garden. I'm messing with that quote. Someone who knows. No. <laughs> Sorry guys. But yes, if everyone was a daisy, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop before I butcher this quote. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I know exactly. Your flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to keep that heart of um, 
of Mary. And most of all, when I say that it's not all, you, you don't always want to do something in secret is I'm thinking of this as a mother of five children. Mm. I don't want them to think that things magically happen in life. Preach. You know, sometimes it's important to point out, hey, you know those dishes you left last night? I had to do them this morning, you know? Mm-hmm. And not to blame them, not to accuse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just so I that when they go to college, they don't leave their dishes in the sink all the time because they think that the dish fairy does them and then their roommate ends up doing dishes all the time. Right. Or their spouse when they get married. Exactly. Exactly. Just an act of humility there. Love it. So um, just to wrap up, so what is, if you know, someone who's listening to this now is like, I really am convicted that I want to grow in humility. Um, I want to do something today that will draw me closer to Jesus. That will get me more confident that marriage is my vocation. What is one tip related to humility that someone in that position could use today? A practical, uh, tip. a practical trip, a tip. Um, yeah, you gave me this question to reflect on. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I did it very well. That's a fine. You can tip, something tip. The you know what? I, no, I, I would say, and this is this is the concreteness that um, going from the abstract to the particular. You're not married yet. Um, how are you handling this moment right now? Mm. Right now. Are you rushing somewhere? I mean, I'm not saying it's always wrong, but but where's your heart? And and I think that that's what I would engage right now is how are you at this capital T I T H I S capital all letters there how is this moment for your heart and if you find yourself grasping in whatever way uh, frantic in whatever way um, anxious your act of humility at this moment is to place yourself in the heart of the father Mm. and to feel his presence and his peace to feel your opening and to receive that little grace of humility that's coming even as you feel your heart opening and then re-engage with the present moment with the spirit of you know the fruits of the holy spirit which are with the spirit of love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control so make it very particular. Mm. That's what I would suggest. That is so beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette, for taking time out of your busy day to come and share this wisdom that you've, you've gained with us. I'm so grateful and I'm my pleasure. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day and I'll be praying for all your listeners and Mm. always for you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for the rest of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jeanette. She is such a treasure and I'm so grateful that uh, I got to share her with you. So um, I hope you gained something, uh, learned about humility. If you have any questions, of course, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'll pass them along to Jeanette if they're specific for her. And until next time, I'll see all of you in the Eucharist. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the Theology of the Body, visit tobinstitute.org.